Vultures. He's built a movement for 18 years celebrating the fact that our God has given birth to a beacon of faith, hope, and love. Praise His holy name. Amen. Woo! Welcome all of the campuses. Come on, just welcome everybody. We're so glad you're here. Stay standing for just a moment. You know, as I watched that video that the staff and I shot some time ago, and I was remembering that very first day when nobody was showing up. I didn't have the vernacular then that I do now due to that song, but he was making a way way back then when there seemed to be no way. And I just want to let you know that every step along the way, God has been making a way. And wherever you are in your life, I believe that in the same way, he keeps moving and making our paths straight and smooth. He'll do the same in your life. Wherever you are, whatever you need, if you put him first, as we were talking about in this recent series, Anxious for Nothing, if you will apply the word and put him first and, and quit playing games, go all in. God will bless your life because he still holds the world and he holds you in the palm of his hand. Can I get an amen? Come on, come on. Woo! Let's, uh, let's pray before we go to the word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for um, just your goodness, God. We are in all. Just like the first church at Pentecost was in awe of what you were doing then, God, we are in awe 2,020 years later, blown away by the fact that you are so faithful, that you are so good. God, even when we go astray, even when we are faithless, the Bible says you are faithful. And Father, on this momentous occasion, of turning 18 years old as a church. God, I pray that you would light a fire in us for the things that please you. God, I pray that you would increase our faith, increase our faithfulness and obedience, that God today, just maybe today, we would start to get a glimpse of the fact that if you have done this in the first 18 years, God, the truth is we can't even begin to imagine what you can do in the next 18 years, 28 years. When we're long gone, 80 years, and you're leading New Hope Church through our children and our children's children. So, Father, have your way here today. As I often pray from this stage, and I always pray backstage, Lord, take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and fill with them. Lord Jesus, would you, would you take my lips and speak through them today? For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. Speak, for your church is listening. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all fired up today, aren't you? Y'all fired up today, aren't you? Well, go ahead and take a seat. 
so thrilled that you would be with us today. I know we've already clapped for him, so we don't even have to clap for him right now, but we do. We do just want to honor and acknowledge New Hope Kenya. You'll hear more about that as the day unfolds. God is really using that group. Hillsboro, Wake Forest, Garner, Sanford, Columbia, online, Durham campus, one church, many locations. Now we can celebrate everybody and welcome you to this day. Um, You've probably already heard this. We have a free T-shirt for everyone. It's a Vision Day, Vision Day 2020 T-shirt for everyone. We have it for the littles. We have it for the not-so-littles. Have it for the young adults. We have it for the adults. So grab you a T-shirt today. We have plenty, and uh, wear that bad boy. I'm noticing that we also have a lot of football jerseys on, and I'm glad you did that. That's what you were supposed to do. You take that off later today, put on your Vision Day shirt. I do just have to say, because I've already seen one here at the Durham campus, if you have a New England Patriots shirt on, you can just leave right now, because the rest of us are celebrating the fact that you are not anywhere near the Super Bowl. (laughs) Where does, the, where does the time go? I mean, really, I've, I've actually been in a reflective mood this week and 18 years. I started this thing when I was 31 years old. Um, if, if you're doing the math, it's 49. <laughs> 49. And um, wow, the time just flies. And... Um, One of the things that I really wanted to say to those who have been with us a long time is thank you. Um, I mean, there are so many of you who have just exuded uh, longevity. Uh, You've planted yourself here through thick and thin. Um, Loyalty, not just to a person, but loyalty to a vision, to a mission, to a lot of staff as we are faithful and, and try to be loyal to you as well. You've grown, you've shown such tenacity and perseverance. And I'm wondering today if we can just thank, let's see, let's see, let's start with the year 10. If you've been here 10 years or more, let's just thank those folks. Let's thank them. That's a long time. 10 years is a long time. And I had a dream this week. I had a dream. And I usually don't share a lot of dreams from the stage. I don't have a ton of dreams, by the way. But my dream this week, it was kind of cool. Um, I, I dreamt that you were just as engaged in a vision day message as you were for anxious for nothing. Isn't that a worthy dream? <laughs> Come on. You're like, oh, ooh, ouch. I, because I know we're all kind of, all, we all look after ourselves and we all are a little selfish. It's, it's the fallen nature. And man, I've never seen you so engaged as you were for anxious for nothing. But I'm hoping and praying that today you will get just as enamored and excited and engaged in God's vision for his church as we were for growing in uh, increasing peace and calm and stomping out anxiety. Can I get an amen? Amen. You've heard me mention this uh, verse before. It's a great verse. It's Proverbs 29, 18. It's all about vision. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, church, go. Where there is no vision, the people, where there is no vision, 
the people perish. And so many of you have heard me say before, I believe where there is no vision, people go to another parish, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so, so vision is really, really important. And of course, the Bible is talking about biblical vision or as the King James Version says, revelation, divine revelation. Where there is no divine revelation from God, the people perish. But even though we know it's contained and biblical and for the church and all of that kind of stuff, Fortune 500 companies have tapped into the power of vision. And for example, Amazon, we all know Amazon and we all use Amazon. Thanks be to God for Amazon, right? To, to be Earth's most customer-centric company, to build a place where people can come to find and discover anything they might want to buy online. That's the vision statement of Amazon. Avon, come on, ladies. To be the company that best understands and satisfies the product, service, and self-fulfillment needs of women globally. Harley Davidson, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> to fulfill dreams through the experience of motorcycling. Hey, might ride my Harley later. Starbucks, Starbucks. To share great coffee with our friends and help make the world a little better. Hilton, to fill the earth with the light and the warmth of hospitality. That's good. J.C. Penney, to be America's shopping destination for discovering great styles at compelling prices. I haven't thought about this till this very moment. J.C. Penney better pick up their game and increase their online shopping or they are going to be toast. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry if you work at J.C. Penney. Go, go talk to your manager. <laughs> CVS Caremark, come on, to improve the quality of human life. That's a good one. Craft foods. I like this one. To make today delicious. That's good. Come on. Next time you marry people, when you wake up, lean over to your, your spouse tomorrow and say, hey, baby, I'm here to make today delicious. I don't know where that came from. Amy Lynn, you might hear that this week. I don't know. Warehouser Company, Warehouser says, to release the potential in trees to solve important problems for people and the planet, okay? The point is, it's truly hard to state the significance of a strong vision or mission statement. In fact, if you're an aspiring leader, and we have a lot of leaders in this church, let me encourage you to go read the book, The Leadership Challenge, by James Cousins and Barry Posner, they say this in their book, every organization, every social movement begins with a dream. The dream or vision is the force that invents the future. That's the power of vision. And at New Hope Church, we started with a vision We've been laser focused on that vision for 18 years. We have a dream. If you haven't read the dream, you'll see a little bit of it later, but you can go online and read the dream. But the vision has been encapsulated in three words from day one. What are they, church? Reach, teach, release. One more time. Reach, teach, release. And in the last 18 months or so, the pastors and the staff have really got on our knees and sought the Lord and got into the scriptures. And we've crafted a brand new mission statement that we believe is sharper and more focused on reach, teach, and release. And 
Here it is. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus, teach them to follow God's word, and release world changers. That's why we exist as a church. Come on now. I love that you're clapping about that. I love that. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus, teach them to follow God's word, and release world changers. We no longer call the people who serve at this church volunteers. You know, how, how cool, how exciting is that? You want to be a volunteer? You're world changers. We are changing the world for Christ, or at least our little corner of it. Amen? Hey, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you can close your eyes. We'll leave it up there because you might have to cheat. You might have to cheat. But I wonder if you can close your eyes and, and, and repeat this and put this to memory so that when you see the words reach, teach, and release, you start to see what it really means. Ready? Go. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus, teach them to follow God's word, and release world changers. You did great. And the reason biblical vision or divine revelation is so important is because it is what the world most desperately needs. Divine revelation, God's vision. There are no hopeless situations. Say what? I believe there are no hopeless situations. There are just people who think hopelessly. Did you hear me? Vision is quite different than view. View is what we see when we look in the natural. Vision is what we see when we look up to God. Two men look outside prison bars, right? One sees mud and one sees stars. What's the difference? It's the frame of reference. It's how you are looking at things. Walt Disney, the founder of Disney World, Dreamed about it, talked about it, shared it everywhere he went, and then he died before it was completed. On the day of the grand opening, it is reported that a gentleman leans over to Walt's wife and says, I sure wish Walt was here today to see this. She said, oh, Walt saw this. That's why it's here. <laughs> it's the power of vision. And thankfully, unlike old Walt, I'm still kicking and I believe from this view that the vision of New Hope Church has never been sharper. The, the, the state of the church has never been better. I've never seen such excitement across the movement. Campuses are thriving. Staff are finding their sweet spot. Staff who are called to the movement, not just for a J-O-B, but truly called to what God is doing here. And I just stopped by today to let you know that the God who has brought us this far for 18 years, the God who has made a way from the beginning is going to make a way into the future. And he is a God who will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Praise his holy name. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Come on, out loud, church. Ready? Go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let's continue. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.
Now, I want to ask you a few questions just about that verse. Take out your teaching notes if you have. Man, they put together an incredible program today. Take that out, turn that over. You'll be able to pick up right where we are. Who is the one who is doing immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine? It's not a trick question. It's God. This is God's church. It's his dream. It's his mission. And he deserves all the glory forever and ever. Whose work, whose power is at work within us? God. Who gets the glory? God. Where should he get the glory? Did you catch this? Where should he get the glory? In the church. Did you see it in that verse? In the church. And how long should the glory of God last? Forever and ever and ever. Amen. So when I think about our vision to reach, teach, and release, just to break it down for just a moment, reach is our attempt to see lost people found, to reach people who are unchurched or dechurched. It's a, it's a passion. It's a passion of ours to make sure we, we never become a holy huddle, us for and no more. And the tendency in the church, if we're not careful, as we reach certain points along the way where we have momentum and we feel like we have it you know, humming, if you will, if we're not careful, we can start to think it's all about us. Listen, we are, we are the only redemptive movement on planet Earth that exists for the person who is not here yet. We shall never, ever, ever stop putting the pedal to the metal to be a church that reaches people with the love and the hope of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. That's our passion. And I believe that if we're not careful, we can start to kind of drift from that. It's, again, it's a part of the, the fallen nature, the fallen condition. We have a tendency to drift because we can be narcissistic. We can be selfish. Even in the church, we can start thinking, that's my parking space. Mm. <laughs> or that's my seat. Listen, I cast out that language to the pits of hell. We do not ever say that's my parking spot. We do not ever say that's my seat, right? We don't say it. I don't say it. You, what, what do we say? Come right on in. Come right on. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or the color of your skin or your socioeconomic label or your political affiliation. It does not matter. You are welcome. In the house of God. Why? Because what we do matters. The church, the gospel, is the only redemptive movement on planet Earth. Have you guys been following the coronavirus? I don't even know if you can hear me if I do that. People freaking out, man, about the, about the coronavirus. And you might be freaking out. Number one, I'm glad you're at church today. It's okay. Not, nothing to freak out about yet, right? I, there could come a day where we see a virus become a pandemic in America. I get that. But, but the, I don't think there's anything to worry about right yet. But you see, like in, in China and other places, like airports are empty. Cities are empty. If you come from China, there's a chance you can be quarantined now in America. And this is the thought I had. And I'm going to pose it in a question. If you had the cure for the coronavirus, would you not contact the Department of Disease Control, right? Would you not contact them and say, hey, I've got the antivirus or I've got the cure. We got it covered. You would do that, wouldn't you? Hey, there's a, there's, there's a virus going on on planet Earth. There's a disease going on on planet Earth. It's terminal and it's called sin. 
and we all have this disease. And if you are a Christian and you are in the church of Jesus Christ, you and I hold the cure. We hold the cure in the palm of our hands and it is our job to steward over that and share that, to care for people, lost people, to invite them into the movement. Teach, man, teach has been unbelievable lately at this church. And I'm talking about primarily through Rooted. I'm talking about the, the Rooted journey that we are in right now as a church. Do you know that in the first, it's really only been about eight months, I guess, in the first seven or eight months, we've seen over 900 people, close to 1,000 people go through Rooted. It's a 10-week discipleship journey. And we're starting another semester. In fact, we just started one this past week. We're full again. But can I just say to you that it's, it's the vision of our church. Like we, we've done reach really well for 18 years. And I put a word up on the, on, the, on the screen last year for Vision Day. Who remembers what the word was? Change. And we've, we've made some significant changes in the life of our church. And one of the changes is that we're gonna continue to thrust people. We're gonna continue to challenge people. Christianity is not a consumer sport. It's not a spectator sport. Christianity is a get out of the grandstands and get on the field kind of sport where we're actually changing the world for Christ. And I just wanna challenge you with everything that I have within me. If you consider this your church home, please go through Rooted in 2020. It's a 10-week discipleship journey and I really can't encourage that enough. Release. Oh my word. Release. What we see going on in the release part of our vision when it comes to things like second Saturday serve, when it comes to things like missions trips, when it comes to things like many of you, literally thousands of you who actually roll up your sleeves and serve on a Sunday or during the week, you are world changers and we are so excited about what is happening in the release category. In fact, so excited that I've decided to invite my wife on the stage today with me. And uh, you should be clapping because she, she it, it's hard to get her on the stage. Um, but every time she speaks to the movement, she is a blessing to us. She is a blessing to me and our children, and she is a blessing to this church. And uh, we're gonna get her up here by showing you another little video clip because as we celebrate vision on this day, I'm up here talking about a lot of the good news and celebrating with you, and we should. But I wanna take a moment to let you know this. The church is facing a very unique situation in the days ahead. One statement, and they'll start the video. I believe we are at a defining moment in the life of the church universal because what we are facing for the very first time in American history is how in the world do we do church in a post-Christian culture? We don't know how to do that yet. We're gonna figure it out together, amen? But my point is, we no longer have home field advantage in America. This video clip speaks to this a little bit, and then Amy Lynn's gonna join me, and, and the reason I'm having her join me is because I think 
the, the area of the church that she leads and this heartbeat of ours from the very beginning is actually part of the secret sauce that will help us reach, teach, and release a post-Christian, even anti-Christian culture. Check it out. This area needed a new kind of church to reach people who weren't already going to church. I know we sometimes have people that come from other churches, but the heartbeat behind New Hope Church was to create a church to reach de-churched, unchurched, or people like myself who were never churched growing up. And so we always run things that we do, how we program for children's ministry or student ministry or missions or worship or even in my teaching, we're always trying to make those decisions based upon how do we reach people who are not already in the church? How do we offer hope to people who are hopeless. And, and I gotta tell you, 18 years ago, I think that was real important. I think that's more important today than it was back then. And here's what I mean by that. And this is something I've been wrestling with a lot. And I think as an 18 year old church, we need to wrestle with this big time. For the very first time in America, we are going to have to try and figure out how to do church in a post Christian environment. And we've never had to do that before in America. I mean, never. Like, that's never been the case. And I actually believe that we will spend the rest of our lives, everybody in this circle, and all the new hopers watching this, and who want to see Christ be exalted and lifted up, and they want to see his church beautiful, I believe we will spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out how, again, to do church in a post-Christian or, or, or apostolic era, if you will. In other words, we are more like the church in the first century than we've ever been. And America just continues to go more and more post-Christian, even sometimes feeling, I know you felt this kind of anti-Christian, anti-Christian in our schools and anti-God everywhere. It's, it's gonna be a challenge, which I think if we'll start thinking, or maybe I should say if we will start back thinking like missionaries, like we did in the early days of starting this church, that's going to be really, really key for us going forward. This is the 1045 crowd. We have a lot of guests here. Some of y'all don't know who this is. This is my wife, and I always look better when she is beside me. Can I get an amen? Come on now. Uh, Amy Lynn leads the, the missional arm of our church, if you will. And I really believe that the, the, what we're going to talk to you about for just 10, 10 minutes or so, and then we're going to wrap up and be gone here today. I really believe that this release component is absolutely critical in us continuing to be a church that takes territory for Christ, pushes back the darkness, and we continue to see more and more people gravitate to the church. And in 2019, Amy Lynn, you, you led a group of people, interestingly enough, 18 people, um, to Kenya. And you did several different amazing things while you were there. Talk to us about those things, and, and then we're going to transfer to stateside and how we're going to do that here. Sure, yeah, so as so many of y'all know that um, we took a team of 18 individuals, some of you guys are here, 
um, to uh, tackle Mount Kenya. Um, now, Mount Kenya is the second tallest mountain in Africa. I mean, it wasn't just, a, oh, let's just go climb a mountain. There was a reason for it. Uh, it was designed to um, provide support for our Hope Center in Kenya, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, it really was an incredible um, adventure that so many of you guys supported financially as well as through your prayers or virtual participation. Um, but it is, uh, Mount Kenya is an extinct volcano. Um, and so the journey began sort of in a lush rainforest type topography. And then we went up through um, just incredible landscape, um, step by step. Um, you'll see the peak up there was where we were headed. Um, and sometimes the landscape is referred to as Dr. Seuss-like because it's so extreme and just out of the ordinary. And so um, as we went, as we were striving to reach that peak, um, there was an expression that our guides taught us. It was pole pole. Pole pole. Pole pole. And that is a Swahili word that means slowly, slowly. And the reason for that was because we were going to almost 17,000 feet. And so the altitude change is so extreme that if you rush up the mountain, you'll get altitude sickness and you'll probably not make the top. Um, and instead, they say, pole, pole. Everybody say, pole, pole. <laughs> Next time someone's freaking out around you or they're just going, you're going too fast, just say, pole, pole. Just chill out a little bit. That's good. That's right. And it's kind of been a great lesson for life. It's just <laughs> step by step, uh, you'll reach the summit. And sure enough, um, all 18 of us were able to reach the summit, which was just How many incredible. Miles? It was about 36 total. 36 <laughs> miles they, they summited the mountain. Yeah, and so we were able to see the first um, sunrise of the decade um, of 2020 from the top. And there wow. was our final destination. But like I said, it was designed to um, really allow all of us to um, help support and come alongside the renovation project at the Hope Center in Kenya. Um, which we were able to help be a part of. And you'll see a few photos of that renovation happening. Um, this is kind of our outpost of hope beside New Hope Kenya in the slums of Kenya, offering incredible um, opportunities to help people just step out of extreme poverty mm -hmm. um, and get their lives changed in coordination with our Street Hope program. Tell them a little bit about Street Hope because they've heard us mention it from time to time. But guys, this is incredible. And this is, this is happening because of you. Like you make this possible with those of you who go over there, those of you who tithe to this church. This is incredible. Tell them a little bit about this and show yeah. these pictures. Yeah, absolutely. So Street Hope is New Hope's primary engagement in the battle against human trafficking. Um, and so we have this incredible ministry that allows a partnership with women who are trapped in extreme poverty and survival prostitution and just really trapped in the sex industry to be able to step away um, and receive first and foremost the gospel. I mean, here so many of them have never experienced the gospel or have never experienced a church that welcomes all. Mm -hmm that reach component of offering hope to some of the darkest corners of the slums. And then through a couple year program, um, that's the teach component. They learn life skills and um, healthy, dignified job vocational skills. Um, and then comes the final culmination of release that after we came down from the mountain, we were able to experience the graduation um, ceremony. And that was the five who graduated this year. Um, these are women who are just came from the just horrible situations. One was actually a groomer for the sex industry. She would recruit people um, and draw those um, girls who were on the streets and um, she would bring them into the industry. And now instead, she's on the street telling people about Jesus and bringing people to New Hope Kenya. So it's just incredible. Unbelievable. 
And I just got to say this, because I feel the spirit of the Lord lead me to say this. If we're not careful, some of us will start to judge women who are called up in some of this. And until something switches in your mind and you start to understand the concept of survival prostitution. Let those two words work together for a moment in your mind. There are women who have to do this, or at least they are convinced they have to do this to feed their child who's about to die from starvation or themselves. And so it is a, it is a vicious cycle with lots of darkness and demonic forces, but some of these women are there out of survival necessity. Absolutely. What else? And so that's some of our global works um, that we have going on, just a glimpse into the global life change. And so um, so we were talking a little bit about kind of this 2020 vision and maybe what is our next expression and um, really what does that mean as a body of believers here? As we gather here, we get the opportunity to um, just practice as a family the love of Christ and what it means to be a diverse body living together. Um, but our challenge as we move into this new season and this new um, era is that we don't just keep it in here, but instead we really live it out and that we step out and engage our communities and really the world through um, offering the hope of Christ. Yeah. And so we talked about um, the dream. There's a portion of the dream that I personally am just so excited about seeing this embodied that I do believe will be a huge key um, to us continuing to be a church that thrives and that grows. This is that part that, that I was talking about earlier where I believe this is going to be critical for the church to thrive and prevail in the season ahead. Because here's the reality. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And in this day and age, what gives Christians credibility is not that we go to church. What gives Christians credibility is that they're willing to roll up their sleeves and serve people and love people and bless the downtrodden and the hopeless and the impoverished. And I could go on and on and on. And, and, and so we have this dream of bringing a hope center, just like we have one in Kenya now that you've helped build, bring that stateside to downtown Durham. But before we talk about that, come on now. I see, I see some excitement in the movement for that. Before we do that, though, let's look at that part of the dream that Amy Lynn referred to. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Go. We dream of a church that refuses to be ingrown or self-focused. A church that is respected by all because it breathes hope and life into this world as, as it, it meets, meets needs and, and transforms, transforms lives. Let's continue. A, a church, church that, that is so called up in what God is doing that it generously shares its resources with those in need and with, with other works of God around the world. That is the part of the dream that we believe it's time to kick into high gear. It's always been there, but come on. Uh, when you start a, a church, the truth is for the first 10, 12 years, we were in startup mode. Um, we transitioned out of that, and it's time for the movement to go from the seats to the streets and really serve the communities that we live in. And this brings about this whole notion that we could build a regional, buy or build a regional hope center in downtown Durham that was an outpost 
to serve and love and resource the needy and all of our campuses could be a part of this movement. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, um, it's one thing to have a dream and it's up there and it looks all nice and wonderful, but um, I love the quote from Colin Powell. Um, that oh, what a man. He says this. He says, a dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and That's hard good. work. And so just like the dream of New Hope has taken 18 years of your prayers and your faithfulness and leadership to become an incredible body of believers, I think this dream um, will be very interesting and we need your prayers and involvement to make this an outpost of hope. There's already, a, there's already so many things happening. There's great ministries, there's government assistance, there's all these things that are happening, but there's so many gaps especially in downtown Durham, as we see people pouring in, as urbanization's happening, gentrification, um, these buildings are going up, which means people are being displaced. There's um, incredible things that are done in unhealthy ways that are creating dependency. And so how can we prayerfully discern what is New Hope's unique calling? And is that combined with an urban campus? Yeah. Just like the Hope yeah. Center in Kenya sits across the street from New Hope, Kenya, and there's an incredible body of believers that says, come, mm. can we have an urban campus? Then the same thing goes hand in hand so that as people receive strategic, healthy partnerships and how to escape poverty and how to break those bondages that they know that there's a church that's downtown, right down the street. Yeah. I don't have to drive. I don't have to get a bus. I can walk right there and be welcomed with the same incredible open arms that all of our campuses embody now. Yeah. Did you catch that part there about the coupling of a new campus and a Hope Center in downtown? Have you been to downtown Durham or downtown Raleigh recently and seen the urbanization and the nightlife and all as people are flooding back into this area? Our vision, the leadership, not just us two, but the leadership's uh, vision and excitement. And what we're sensing from you guys as I floated that a month or so ago is that, man, we could take down a, a, a building or an old church, have a downtown Durham campus um, that also becomes this regional hope center where we can serve the needy. And, and the, the verse of scripture that's just really grabbed me lately that I have not been able to shake is Luke 12, 48, Luke 12, 48. And you've probably heard it before, but let's read it out loud together. Ready, go. To whom much, much has, has been, been given, much will be demanded. God has been so good to this church. I mean, like, we could stay here all day long and just celebrate the way he's been good to us. But since we got this little football game that we're gonna watch later... We'll start to wrap it up. But he's been good to us. And the, the question that Amy Lynn and I have sensed from the Holy Spirit and the leadership of the church, and I really sense that you, you feel in your heart of hearts as well, is what are we going to do with all the goodness that God has given us, all the resources that, that we can leverage throughout the entire movement? And we believe one of those things is a hope center and a campus. And we've, we've talked today about the challenging times that we live in, but one of my favorite quotes, if I could just turn it positive for just a moment, is Charles Dickens in his classic book, A Tale of Two Cities. He says this, and some of you know this quote, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. See, 
I believe these are challenging days that we live in, but I believe these are great days for the church. As things get darker and darker, guess what? We, we are given an incredible opportunity to lift high the light of Christ and figure out how to impact this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It'll take some challenges. It'll take rolling up your sleeves. I love that, that quote by Colin Powell. It will take all of us pulling together. But listen, I believe that our best days are ahead. Amen. Amen. I believe that the future is bright under this banner of reach, teach, and release. And what Amy Lynn and I wanted to do in closing today is we really just wanted to share our hearts with you. And um, show me some parents out there. How many of you are parents and you've actually raised 18-year-old kids? You, you've released a few 18-year-olds. Yeah. It, it, you, you know that glorious, sad day. When it's time for them to start paying their own bills. Glory to God. Paying for their own gas. Glory to God. And <laughs> but it's also sad, and, and Amy will tell you, I always get so emotional. We, we, we're putting three through college right now, and um, we got two more to go. God help us. <laughs> and um, Amy will tell you, I get all worked up about that day that we take them and we move them in. And we get ready to pull off. And I spend a lot of time thinking about what I want to say to them. And I usually pull them aside and it's just one-on-one. -on -one, and I speak words of, hopefully, words of blessing and challenge and favor over them. And we just felt as we came into this weekend, um, 18 years in, we wanted to share our hearts with you. And what we want to share with you, it's in the bottom of your teaching notes. You can look there if you'd like. It's just two words, and it's as heartfelt as anything we've ever said to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being one of the most beautiful, faithful churches on the planet. Thank you for catching a vision of what it could look like to grow a multi-ethnic church where we put on full display every single Sunday what heaven is going to look like. And that, that, come on now, and that, that in this church, in this church, we never sense drama. And I, I can't stand drama. Save your drama for your mama. I can't stand drama. And so we don't see drama in this church. We don't see prejudice in this church. We don't see judgmentalism in this church. All we see from you on a regular basis, and it's not just Durham, but it's at all the campuses, is we see this unbelievable love that is put on full display where people are here because they want to be here. And there's this contagious spirit of Christianity. And as things come our way and we think about, you know, what does the future look like for us? We just want to let you know the future looks like for us being with you and loving you because we have never, even when we dreamed about it 18 years ago, we saw some of this, but you have blown out of the water our original vision for what church can look like. So seriously, thank you for being the beautiful, faithful, loving people of God called New Hope. What would you, what would you add to that, if anything? 
Uh, I would just say a personal thank you for um, just being our village. Um, you know, we have family that's not close by, and um, you guys mm. are truly our family. And I mean, some of you guys have loved on our kids and uh, come, to our, come to our ball games and things like that. Look at Pam, who kept our kids when our other kids were being born. Um, and so just thank you for being our village. Um, and it's an incredible honor to have gone through that personally. Um, and just as a church movement, I would say thank you for being um, a movement that isn't afraid to climb mountains. Um, I, Kristen Welch of Mercy House just released her new book, and, um, and there's a challenge in there. She says, um, it's just powerful. Instead of telling God mm. about the big mountain in front of us, let's tell the mountain about our big God. Amen. Amen. And that's actually what we want to sing about. Um, our ushers are going to come forward in just a moment to receive today's tithes and offerings. L listen to me real closely. There's a connect card in front of you. If, you. if you have a heart for the Hope Center, would you mark the connect card? Fill out your information and just put Hope Center on the back. If you would like to be a part of a group, a pioneer group of a couple hundred, I didn't say a couple dozen, we're going to launch a campus with a couple hundred people that would peel off and leave this campus or leave another campus and go into downtown Durham to launch this New Hope Downtown Durham campus. Or you can see yourself serving and being a part of this Hope Center that serves the downtrodden and the oppressed and the needy. Just put that on your Connect card because we're going to start building that list. And when those baskets come by, you just drop that in. If you give online, and that's about 80% of you now, grab that online giving card as well. And today we're letting you know that the Hope Center has become such a reality in our vision and in the leadership of this church that for those of you who want to give specifically to that, you, you can designate your giving. Just make it out to New Hope Church from here forward and just put Hope Center in the memo line or online, you'll see the option as well. And here's what we want you to know is we will keep you posted every step of the way. There's no building. There's no church that we're going to buy. All we sense is a burden and a vision. And as the months unfold, we promise to keep you posted every step of the way. As that basket passes you, band, come on out and let's get going and get ready to sing this song. We're going to actually sing a song called Faithful, to Amy Lynn's quote, our God is a big God, amen? amen? Our God has been faithful since day one, amen? And our God will be faithful going forward. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful that we can give our tithes to you. God, you are a faithful God. Would you be glorified and honored in this moment? God, would you lead us as a church as we just continue to seek your will, particularly for this Hope Center and this downtown Durham campus? Father, have your way with us today. We love you, we honor you, and we are cheerful about giving our resources to you. Would you use them for your glory and your honor in the church now and forever? Amen.